0: Welcome to another episode of the Grace Parents Podcast. On today's episode, we are talking about how to parent children on the autism or ADHD spectrum. Invite you to lean in and tune in as we take on this very important topic. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Grace Parents Podcast. I'm here with my fearless co-host, Anika Hamm. Anika, how are you today? I am
1: fabulous, excited to be with you all. It's
0: so good to have you. I look forward to today's discussion. We've got a lot of wonderful guests in the room today with us, our pastor of outreach and evangelism and one of our children's ministers, pastor Corey and Heather Bendix. Bendix family, welcome. welcome Thanks for welcome. being welcome. here.
2: great to be here. Congrats. Thanks for having so us. So good to
0: see you. And also with us, our good friend, Jasmine Rush. Jasmine, how are you?
3: i done very well, glad to be
0: here. Phenomenal. So today we've got um, a great topic that I'm glad we're ready to discuss, which is parenting children on the autism spectrum or children with ADHD, navigating those different needs, um, how we've come to that, how we've learned about God in that, what we've learned about ourselves and how we can equip and empower our parents who might be navigating the same thing. So I think it is important to say, and Anika, I know you prompted me before to make very clear, there are no medical degrees in the room. We, we do not yes. claim to be professors of right, nothing we know right. of. Yeah. We
1: are all families that have walked this journey um and had different experiences and walked it with the Lord. And I, I think it's exciting how we're gonna be able to bring in our different experiences and, and different ways that God has met us and our children.
0: Beautiful. So why don't we talk about what our family situations look like? What are the challenges that we've navigated? Kind of give an overview here. Heather, I don't know if you want to start.
2: Okay, great. Um, so we have uh, four kids. Our oldest is 20 years old. And I actually, before we kind of agreed to be on the podcast, I asked him for permission. Great, I said, yeah. what do you think about us being on this? Because a lot of it would probably be the stories that we have experienced with him. And um, he said, Oh, that's awesome. He said, you should totally do it. He said, share whatever you'd like. Cool. So, um, which is great. Yeah. So um, we, Nathaniel was diagnosed with autism and ADHD, actually, when he was in first grade. And so our experience has been, um, you know, trying to find out what does that look like? And, you know, the challenges yeah. and and the exciting at times and, you know, the joys and the, the difficulties of of all of that for I mean, the better part of 14 years, yeah. we've kind of known mm-hmm. anyway, so.
4: And and now that he's in college. Now he's in college, um, it's totally different. I mean, just thinking back when he was nine or 10, we would talk about what's it going to be like when he drives? Right. Mm-hmm. Can he go to college? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, those are like the real questions that you ask that are so unknown and, and yet the just to look back and see the goodness, just the mercy, the, just the grace of God that guided us, um, had him in his, in, in his grasp and has just to watch our son develop, to mature, uh, to handle where, where he is and to look in the future and go like, how is his life going to look like for this cat? Mm-hmm. And to know that this man, we've got a really good God who is going to see him all the way through.
0: It's good. That's good. That's great. Jasmine, tell us what life has been like in your, in your household.
4: Well,
3: uh, so my husband, Glenn, and I, we uh, we have our son, Micah, uh, who's 20, and he's now in college as well. Um, He is on the autism spectrum. Initially, he was diagnosed with ADHD, um, and so did medication. It was very stressful, but we prayed a lot. Um, We asked God to help us a Mm -hmm. lot, and um, we stood on scripture that he can do all things through Christ who gives him strength. Uh, Philippians 4.16. And that's what's got us through thus far. Yeah, It's not been an easy journey, right. but it's been yeah, a journey. Right. Sure.
0: That's good. That's good. That's well said. Well said.
1: I, I love what you guys share, too, about wondering about the future. Mm-hmm. Um, when When I was ushered into this journey, it was with our middle son. And at about 15 months, he still wasn't walking. Um, and eventually was diagnosed with autism as well as some other other challenges that spoke to the, the things we were seeing. And I remember just diving in, having to do all this research and figuring things out. And I was new to the area too, so I felt very alone. And it was, I think the future was so frightening to me. Um, and it wasn't until I connected with one of the, one of the women I still walk to today at, at Grace that I felt hope. Mm -hmm. And I felt seen and I felt like I know God has a plan for him, despite what we're facing, despite what we're seeing. And that's something that we have held on to. And then my my other son, our oldest, um, has ADHD. And that was a that was a surprise because we didn't get diagnosed until like fourth grade. Mm -hmm. We were just like, what's going on? And I didn't know much about ADHD, but. Because of what we went through with, with my first son, um, it just helped figure things out and um, tap into resources. But it's been a, it's been a challenging road, right? Like it's it's not something you expect. But when I just leaned into the Lord and was like, OK, but you're not surprised by this. Yeah. Um, Guide me, Holy mm. Spirit. That made a difference.
0: That's good. So um, what was it like? you know, you have kids, I know we always have, you know, dreams, visions, great expectations for our kids. Um, what did it look like for you to kind of first recognize the symptoms or that there might be something different? I know you mentioned 15 months, not walking. There were a few things Heather Corey, what was it like for you? Like what, what kind of made you tilt your head and go, I I wonder if there's something here that needs attention.
2: Well, we we have uh, another family member um, in our extended family who has autism. And so we started to see a little bit of the same characteristics. Um, But we also, like Nathaniel, was reading chapter books at the age of three. And very, very smart. I remember sitting at a play area one time, and we're in the mall, and he's reading the names of the stores, and he's two. And um, the person, there was another mom next to me, she goes... She turned around and she looked and she's like, did he just read the name of that? And I was like, he did. And she's like, my kid's four and he doesn't know his (laughs) letters yet. And I was like, "Hmm, I I think there's something different about Nathaniel because right, this is our first kid. So I didn't even know. And even when our next one came along and I was like, okay, she should be reading. She's three. She should totally be reading. She must be, there must be something wrong with her. Well, really, she's just normal. She's she's normal. starting to read, you know, five years old and whatever, but our standard had been Nathaniel. Yeah. And so we started to see a little bit of things that because we were a little bit of familiar with, not a ton, we had so much research to do once we kind of were yeah. like, I think we should get him tested. Mm. But he, he, he
4: would he would do things like um take straws and just rub straws, um, because he 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 was thinking mm. and he needed um Something in his hand mm-hmm. to help him process, or he would um, he would rub his feet. So um, like he he would be thinking, and he'd just be like rubbing his feet right. so hard that we'd have to go through socks. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, we're talking lots of socks because the bottom would just Wear be so yeah. rubbed because mm-hmm. of yeah. of how he rubbed. And, and and he he would be thinking, and not not just like he's trying to process, but he's also watching a video, mm-hmm. listening to Bach, mm-hmm. rubbing and doing all of these things all at the same time. And we're like, yeah, there's this, this dude's so, like, there's something that's going yeah, on right. that there's there. There's an adventure to be discovered, but yeah. um, we're not really sure what that is.
2: Even I was just going to say, so, you know, most kids have like Spider-Man birthday parties or mm-hmm. Batman or something like that. Um, Nathaniel loved at the age of three, he loved classical music. So we would play classical music all the time. And we would be listening to the radio and he would say, oh, this is Bach Symphony number two. And I'm like, that's not Bach Symphony. And then all of a sudden the person would come on and it would say, and Bach Symphony number two. So for his fourth birthday, we had a composer's birthday party yeah. where wow. everyone had,
4: or a name of a composer, yeah. we made yeah. all this I stuff. Th- I figured out that there are four female uh composers because he had four girls that were going to come so they needed a they needed a wow. Composer, wow. and i didn't know that, that there were a few of them that were out there so yeah i mean we worked hard to yes. create an environment yeah. that celebrated him that allowed for everybody to see that this is normal mm-hmm. when it wasn't it wasn't but it was normal to us yeah. right? Right. it was it was something to yeah. be celebrated right
2: and for his fifth birthday party he loved presidents So we had a president's President's birthday party. So pin the hat on Abraham Lincoln. When he was six, he loved countries. And so we had an around the world birthday party. And so we just really (laughs) took, I mean, he, like typical for autism kids, Mm -hmm. they really focus on specific topics. So whether it's been... Composers, middleweight boxers, yeah. boxing um, announcers, boxing announce. I mean, whatever it is, he French
4: impressionist artists of the fifteenth century. <laughs> wow.
2: <Yeah>. the Titanic. <laughs>
4: yeah. He knows yeah. all yeah. of the people's
2: names he from can the Titanic. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. he's just become an expert. Yeah. In all, so we really okay. tried to like, not like. Okay, you might love composers, but we're going to give you Spider Man. Mm. We really tried to like what. Is it that you love? What are you passionate about? Let's bring that in. Let's bring that in. It may be harder for us, but we're going to help encourage all of these different.
3: I love that. If I could, I love that you guys said that you encouraged him where he was. Mike is a Star Wars fan, Star Wars, Star Trek, anything Star Wars, Star Trek, he knows everything about it. Mm -hmm. You ask him how to do some math, might be a little bit of a challenge, but he knows the names, the series. Um, He can point out uh, the textures of carpets from Japan and things like that. And I would always wonder like, Lord, what are we doing here? This man wants to be an artist, Mm -hmm. a comic book astronaut artist. I've never Mm -hmm. heard of a thing, but he's going to make it happen because that's what he wants to do. And I believe God has that. Mm -hmm.
0: That's good. So, there's some sort of hyper specific <laughs> yes. behaviors, kind of an intense focus, yeah. cerebral that kind of stands out. Um, what did it look like then to get that diagnosed formally, and then what was your kind of response and reaction once that once that happened? Yeah,
3: that one is tough yeah. because when we first um, found out, Micah was having delays. Like you know, you would take your child to an appointment, the 12-month appointment, there would be a little bit of a delay. The, the two-year, 18-month, mm-hmm. you know, it would be a little bit of a delay. And he would do things after the doctor asked me was he already working on certain behaviors. When it came to speech, he was delayed in his speaking, and he also had issues with his hearing. Mm-hmm. So as we're getting different things and paying attention to different things, he had support inside the home. At the time, we lived in the Hampton Roads area. Of uh, Virginia, and both of us were in the military uh, when when Micah began to have some diagnosis things types going on, and I just remember like getting really frustrated mm-hmm. because you know you have your child, and when you're young in your faith and you really do not know much, you don't lean on the fact that you know God's going to take care of everything. Sure. And and I was like, oh, my gosh, God, my son, I'm going to have to keep him forever. He's not going to be able to do this or he's not going to be able to do that. And there was a lot of fear um, involved in when we originally found out. But we begin like to pray and ask God. He gave us that Micah would have superpowers. Right. We just wouldn't see it as normal. So right. Micah will sometimes when we came to Grace, he would pace the floors and people would come up to me and say, hey, your son's pacing. I know. He's thinking. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Love it. It's right. okay. Good. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, it's That's different. Good. And may not be normal for what you know normal to be, but he's very fine and he's well. And then once we got the, the formal diagnosis from the doctor, we just made sure to put great supports in the system like speech therapy and um, I forgot the A- name. Nature- occupational best. therapy yeah. and all the things to make sure he had what he needed. Um, and that's what helped him be successful. They told him when he graduated high school, I have to just say this, that he would not go to college. Mm. Micah is on the dean's list Come on.
0: Praise God. in college yes. right that's now. Awesome. So he's grateful that's to God. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so wonderful. I love that report. Yeah. <laughs> I love it.
1: Because... As we're going through this journey, I'm sure there's been many times even yes. beyond that where we've gotten reports of like people not believing in our children. Yes. Yeah. Um, our journey with our our son that's on the spectrum, the autism spectrum, started at about two. Um, we were able to have we had a great pediatrician and then we were connected with Child fine And that's just a, um, a resource. Um, that the county offers as a free resource as well. So it was great. And they, they ran him through all the um, diagnoses and the, the testing from hearing to speech. And so um, from that, we ended up being blessed with speech therapy, occupational therapy, in addition to tacking on some of our own private services. Um, and I remember by the time we got to preschool, It was tough because I was always worried about leaving him for the first time. And so the school that we landed in, it it, it ended up not being a good fit. And I had a preschool teacher pull me aside and say, your son's just going to end up in self-contained. You should just bring him home. Mm -hmm. And um, his speech therapist would actually go to the school and she was like, let's let's find him something else. And she wasn't even a believer, but I I always thank God because I felt like God brought... Wonderful team members that came around our our, our son, and so we had, we found another preschool that loved on him and poured on into him. And um, from then on, I was way more intentional about praying, also for the schools and the teachers that were coming around, the specialists, um, and being an advocate and and speaking up when I was like, you know what, I just don't think you're you're going to be a part of our team. We need somebody else. Um, And so wearing that advocate hat (laughs) and believing and hoping in your, in your son's future because of what God says, not because what man says
0: was key for us. So Jasmine, you mentioned what I, what I would see as a very natural human reaction to this type of diagnosis, which is a degree of fear and uncertainty for the future. And then you mentioned too, a Nika, I think a degree of maybe shame embarrassment of what do we do? How do we fit in? Is this, how how have you navigated and overcome that? How, what was that journey like for you all to kind of have maybe an initial confrontation, swell of emotions? But I also hear every single one of you as the tremendous parents you are go, well, at some point we stopped caring about what we needed and started really just focusing on what, what they needed. So maybe I wanted them to be into Spider-Man, but listen, now I know Bach and Mozart. Yes, and, and we do. Right, like, and I can tell you all the things. So how did you get from point A to, to point B? I,
4: well, I think, I think for us, the, the narrative of the word label mm. was a, a daunting, that was a daunting word. Mm-hmm. And it was a word that, um, back in the day, I guess, um, that if you were labeled, it'll follow you mm. like a tracker for the rest of your life and you'll never be able to get out of it. And it'll do more harm than good. And if you're labeled, then you'll be seen different. You'll be treated different. You'll you'll be um, you'll you'll there will be a stipulation with just a, just a a, a certain a, a certain um, daunting fog that will f- kind of begin to follow you. And and so we we um we felt like in the midst of the challenge for labeling that. It was a like it was a really it was an act of faith of it's time it's time for us to go through this it's time to, for us to 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 take our son and put him into the very place where there are resources that are going to help him flourish mm-hmm. and when we when we tr- separated ourselves from this and said this is not about us that if he is labeled it's going to be for his good mm-hmm. and and Diagnosed. we diagnosed. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just from, yeah. from that whole word of label. Mm-hmm. Um, and the diagnosis was, was a, was a huge, it was a gift.
2: Yeah. I think it was in the end. It, in the, I mean, not in the end, but it was all about us when we were thinking about like, well, what if, what if, yeah. what if, and mm-hmm. then we became like, okay, he's actually going to be able to get services if he gets right, this diagnosis right. instead of kind of withholding them back. And, you know, I think we kind of went on our own journey of, um, what does this look like? The fear of the unknown. And I think that's when for us, it made us like, it really rely on the Lord to be able to walk out. What does this, how can we best parent Nathaniel? Yeah. Because with having other children, we were going to have to parent, we parented him completely different than Absolutely. we parented yeah, right. the others. Sure. Um, and so I mean, what is of the
4: rewriting of the book?
2: It was a rewriting of the book that he, although he was the firstborn.
4: We didn't even have a book. We didn't know, we didn't know <laughs> yeah.
2: but we, we just knew. For the first time with him, yeah. working with the first mm-hmm. time, I mean, educationally, but then right. even disciplining, right. what discipline looked mm-hmm. like for Nathaniel had to be completely different than what it looked like right. for other yeah. kids. Right. And so, um, because he held on to things yeah. completely his different, memory, his memory is just
4: stunning. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so if you said things, or I mean, just think about you—you you have a child that will that remembers what you said ten years ago. Yes. Yes. And just, just imagine that. That's that is what yeah. it's that's yes and that's a be- that's right. a, awesome, but yeah. that's also can be depressing right. as a and dad. You're like, it, oh, he God! He said God, God. He actually yeah. said that, right. yeah. Yeah. and you remember it, yeah. and oh, Lord Jesus! Oh, yeah. But, but he he, he would he, he would have his memory. Um, it, it forced us to really, when it comes to the, how we disciplined him. Yes. I mean, it it was very very different. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think you, you were gonna. How, how, how did we do that?
2: Um, well, how did we discipline him differently? Yeah. Well, we did a lot of trial and error. And so the same practice that we did with the younger kids, we realized didn't work with Nathaniel because Nathaniel held on to things longer. And so we had to really ask the Lord for wisdom. And that's really, I mean, 14 years into being diagnosed, right. but really 20 years of his birth, it's really been just crying out to the Lord We know that you created him. You know, these verses that we stand on. We know that he is fearfully and wonderfully made. We know that before you formed him in my womb, you knew him. And so asking the Lord, if you know him, Mm -hmm. then you know how to have me help him, have us help him. And so that's what we did. We just constantly cried out to the Lord for every new thing that, whether it was discipline, whether it was our own heart of, I see other kids looking at him differently. Mm -hmm. And that's hard yes. when you see another kid oh, yeah. or a group of kids looking at your kid like he's different. Yeah. Like, Mama Bear wants to yeah. come and pounce, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you, that's my kid already, right? <laughs> but you come back to the, um, the peace that God can give you, knowing that God is creating him, and know that God has a plan and a purpose for him right. individually.
4: And, and we, we, we couldn't spank him. Yeah, we couldn't spank him yeah. because um, he took that as rejection. Oh. Our other and kids, when
2: they got spanked, he, they were like, "They needed oh, to be spanked." Yeah. It was because of this one thing. I did it wrong, right, and now I right. can move on. Nathaniel he was like, "Mom and Dad no. do not like me." And yeah. days wow. later, he's still feeling rejected. Yeah. So that's when we it happened a couple of times, and we were like, "We oh, got to change it. Yeah. We got to change it because he's not reje- even though we would do the same exact process: love right. on, tickle, right. you know, pray right. for afterwards." For him, he was like, but I'm stuck that you don't, you reject us. We got to a
4: point where we would flush the toilet going, now that's what you did is going bye-bye. He still couldn't get it. Couldn't get it.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, So it's different. We even have this one story of when he was 16, he's telling me the story about something that happened in school. And he is, chin is quivering. I mean, he's telling, and I'm like, again, mama bear, like what class was this? I'll call the school tomorrow. And he says, oh no, this happened in first grade. That's when he was six. Wow! But he's telling a story as if it It happened at school today. So that allowed, I mean, that was like, oh, he remembers Mm -hmm. it all. Which just for the good, you know, amazing. But also we have had to help him learn how to, okay, here's what you've got to submit to the Lord Mm -hmm. and ask him to help you
0: move forward forward
2: with these, which is difficult
0: for
1: you. That resonates with me. The discipline and um, how things linger. And we had to practice um, giving ourselves time to come together, my husband and I, to decide on, okay, how do we address yeah. this one um, and, and articulating in terms that he could grasp from from young. It's a lot easier now. They're older and in between. But when they're those younger years are so hard because I would also have my other son be like, what, you letting him get away with that? Uh-huh. No, you're different we treat you differently we handle things differently in ways that you can receive and don't question us (laughs) (laughs) that's right that's right it is it's very different and when you have like i have one son with autism one with adhd and then one that's neurotypical and i get i get questioned quite a bit Um, but it's also fostered great opportunities for conversations Mm -hmm. Um, even talking to my other two sons like you know hey one day you might have to come alongside him like mom and dad does and preparing their hearts to be empathetic and caring. Um, I had a great chat with my youngest because um, he's a little older now. And so things are more understanding to him. And, And he's like, yeah, I tried to do this to help in this area. And I think he received it well. So it's been great at now to see as a family, how all the siblings are stepping up in different capacities as
4: well. I, I I think that this has expanded our kids. At least it's marked them in a heart for the outsider. Mm-hmm. All, all all of our kids have a, a an eye. They have a vision. They see kids who are different, mm-hmm. and um, who just see the world different, or just physically are different. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, for for a long time, our our son Zachary wanted. He wanted to work with kids who were on the spectrum because he had his heart just watching and being around and and being a part of the story with his brother. So expanded his heart, created a vision for what his life could be like in regards to serving and making someone else's life better. So I think as as hard as this this has been an an adventure, it's had some challenges, but this has marked our family positively. Mm Um, And it's brought us together. It's allowed for us collectively to be unified around um, believing the best in each other and, and seeing God's God's grace in a, in a real, in a powerful way.
0: It's such a powerful vision of, of how we can respond and walk through these moments, because I think you can. Uh, and we all have at some point or another play the victim. Why me? Why my child? Why this? It's not fair and all of that. And it's a normal human reaction for people to, to, to have. And once we kind of removed ourselves, I like that you said, all those reactions are about me and not about my child. And once we kind of got over ourselves, then you go, man, we we we, we can do something special with this family. And what I see in all of your stories is something special has been created in the family and the way that you've leaned in and embraced this. Um, have any of your kids uh, wrestled with, or struggled with the question around like, w- like, why am I different? Why did God quote unquote, you know, do this to me? And how have you responded to that and cared for them through that and addressed that?
3: Yeah, I would say uh, I, I definitely think Micah has wrestled with that question. Um, in terms of, like, how we walk him through it is the best way we know how. I don't know if that's clear enough, but you're different because that's the way God made you. Mm-hmm. And you're not worse than someone else or less than someone else because you're different. Right. You're special just the way he made you. And that is, one, removing yourself and dying to your own thought of what you think things should be like. Um, and then... It's pointing you back to the scriptures to say, if you look at this scripture and you read this scripture and you put it on the tablet of your heart, you're going to realize your identity, your identities. Yes, They're not key. formed in people's opinion of you or their thoughts of you. That's where you're going to find it. And so it's a constant, I would say, just like we have to remind ourselves daily, right. it's a constant thing to remind them daily to look at yourself as the way God made you. For a purpose and for yeah. reason and not the way society or people may see you differently. It's
0: mm-hmm. good. So well said. It's
1: really well said. Yeah, we recently and it's like you said, at different in different ages and seasons, the conversations are the same, but higher level. So our most recent conversation actually occurred this week, and my son came to me and he said, Do I belong? Mm-hmm. I was like of course you belong. He goes, no, like, like in school, in this world. And so we unpacked, yes, your identity and God did not make a mistake having you here. And God has a plan and purpose for your life. But like, as they get older, they wrestle more with that because he sees his challenges to connect with others and he has a desire to connect with others, but people are not necessarily welcoming to that. So then we got, we're also walking like, my child is hurting, mm-hmm. he thinks he doesn't belong or she thinks he doesn't belong, and so it's like another level of going deeper with them so that they could recognize that God is with them, he loves them, he didn't make a mistake with them um and hope i i I'm always hopeful like the conversations plant something mm-hmm. hopeful and beautiful, but I, I sometimes like like this week I've worried and so When I worry and I catch myself worrying, I'm like, okay, we need to pray Mm -hmm. because God doesn't want me walking around with this worry and this hurt and this pain. And I'm not alone in this, just like I teach my son. He's not alone in this. And so then I got to go before the Lord and I got to get in scripture and I got to battle for his heart and his mind that those lies don't stay in him and that he doesn't walk out life with those lies, but the truth of God. Amen.
4: I, I we talked about our our um, the, the conversation that we had with Nathaniel in Florida on the bed when he was nine, and we we explained that he um, had been diagnosed. With
2: it took all, us a couple buses. of years. Yeah, I yeah. think before he got diagnosed at six, took us so to that eight or nine range to. Tried yeah. to explain to him, yes. a yeah. have a conversation yeah. with him. Yep.
0: And was the reason for that was to wait till he was older, your readiness to have the conversation?
2: Both, probably. Okay. Yeah, okay. we, at the time, he was in um, a social skills therapy class, which was an amazing class for him. Um, and in talking with a the therapist, he was like, he needs to know why he's here. And um, And so we had that conversation with him, and he was like, so I'm just special? Like, that's what that means? And so, as he's gotten older, though, he realizes, like, it's not really that special. I think there's a commercial out there that talks about, like, autism is superhero. Right. Yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah. I don't like that commercial. He hates, <laughs> he it. hates yeah. it. He hates said, it's not a superpower. <laughs> he said, it's something that I kind of have to overcome every day. Wow, Something that I have to work wow. at all of these yep. things that other people don't have to work at, mm-hmm. I have to work really hard at. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, that's why it's just your superhero, your superpower, because you do work at mm-hmm. them that other people don't have to, but... He's like, I, that's not a true statement because he's like, I know that it's harder for me. Yeah. Um, And so he. we told him at nine, but it's been this constant, you know, developing. You know, he's in college now and he's yeah. still like, yeah. I, Anika was referring to it earlier that some people are, they don't know how to handle yep. a kid who loves to talk about, you know, when he was younger and he's like, I like composers and middleweight boxers, and let's talk about presidents. And the other six-year-olds are like, yeah. did you see that Lego set? Nothing in common, they have nothing. Right. In mm-hmm. they have nothing right. in, so he's always talked with adults more than, but peers, very difficult to have different yeah. conversations with. And so I know that he loves when even his peers will come up to me and he said, and I love when people do that. Yeah. Because them. it's not often for them because so many people don't know what to do, what to say. And so they just don't at all. But these kids, Nathaniel, I'll speak for Nathaniel. He's the most self-aware kid that you'll ever know. I mean, he, or that I have ever known. He just, he knows, oh, this person doesn't want to talk with me because they're they're uncomfortable. Or this person, or or I, or, you know, he just knows all of it. And so it's been a gradual conversation that we've continued to have with him speaking God's word over him, you know, like helping him to believe that this is who God has made him. And um,
4: well, I, th- I think what's, what's helped along the way too is are the um, community around him that has celebrated and cherished the gifts that he, that he, that he, that, that he brings. I know that um, when we were in Nashville, his youth pastor, Bryson Brakey, um he, he got to know Nathaniel just over the course of time really invested into him and said, you know what, man, we're going to have a, a moment every Wednesday night. It's called Fun Facts with Nathaniel. Yes. He created a cartoon, wow.
2: all of yeah, his it like, was, songs. It, it was super Fun Facts with Nathaniel. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh, And then yeah. everybody would like stand up yeah, and, yeah. and
4: cheer whenever a dance, cartoon and, was And he on. was, he cherished cool. my son Valued what he brought to the table. Um, let, it was a declaration every week that this kid is a, is a part.
2: Mm-hmm. So he would Same bring three fun facts that, that he, every week
4: that he belongs. Yep. Yeah. That he belongs, and and every single young person who is dealing with this opportunity is asking that question. And when it comes to the community around them, I mean, you don't know what little things matter when you invest just a little bit and you make them the center of attention and you expound on their strengths and you make the strengths normal. Um, it, it, that really marked my son. And in a season when he was trying to figure out this like reality of the gospel that was so cerebrally different, he couldn't understand it of of a God who forgives when you don't deserve it. And then calls you to forgive when people don't deserve it. He didn't understand it and he didn't get it. And yet, Bryson with fun facts with Nathaniel was just a small scale embodiment of a grace and a love Mm. and a merited favor that was, that really helped my son work through um, just what it looked like to fit. It was amazing. Like that, that's I saw Bryson a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, bro, you don't understand Mm -hmm. how much that meant to our family. And as a dad, I mean, God, like you pray for those moments, yeah. Yeah. like help my son be seen and, and belong. Mm-hmm. And he did it.
0: That's such a vision for other families interacting with these students, seeing them in the world and the youth group in these places. Cause I think you're right. The tendency is like, well, I'll, I don't know what to do. I just won't do anything. I'll just kind of avoid and think that that's like maybe the best way to yeah. do it. Yeah. But that gives me certainly such a vision for embracing and creating space And, um, you know, I think people want to be sensitive. They want to be kind. And I think what I'm hearing, the most kind thing is to just be human towards them, be loving and embrace them and treat them as you would anybody else Mm -hmm. and make them feel special. Um, All right. Two more questions. I'm I'm interested to hear how the conversations have um, developed over the years with your kids as well as they've confronted this. I do get the point, right? At some point you talk about this diagnosis. But like with anything, that's not like a one-and-done conversation. Okay, we did it, right? (laughs) We'll talk about it later. Like you're going to come back to that because as they mature. So, Jasmine, what's that conversation been like in your household?
3: So initially, like when when Michael was young, you know, we talked the little bit of Star Wars I knew and could relate to, (laughs) which is very little. But as I developed, there are more Star Wars stories I could relate to because he is – That's his fixation. He can Mm -hmm. really relate to that. So um, I'll give you an example. Uh, Just recently for the holidays, Michael likes to sit down and watch movies. Um, And he collects every comic book you can think of. um, And then he reads them. And then he watches the movie to make sure he has the facts straight. If the facts are off, he talks about them. So we were having a discussion (laughs) uh, most recently about um, one of the... uh, Comic books he was reading, and the movie that we watched from Star Star Trek, and he was just saying how from his youth, like his his younger time, he doesn't spend time with family. He loves to withdraw, mm-hmm. right, to right. be by himself because right. it's safe there, mm-hmm. right? You don't know, have to engage. So if, if you ever see him, he'll get his coffee. He'll sit out there at the table. He yeah. won't really engage because that's comfortable. And he's and he says, you know, mom, I really, I really believe God is working on my heart to mm. to be around people. Wow. Wow. Just just he that's just so comes good. to me and right. shares while we're, you know, having this moment with the movie. And so now I say, okay, Michael, well let's go to young adults. <laughs> I have an answer sure. for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> <this> <laughs> I might have work to do, uh, uh, yeah. so it's there. You know, right. just being honest, mm-hmm. right. like it's there, it's but it's developing. Yeah. It's yeah. continuing to develop. So I believe that it's God longer. is
1: working on His heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're giving them space. Yes, to do things in in their time. Yes, yes. yes. and then also using wisdom yes. because there's also times where we need to give the push. A little and little and prompt. Say, yes, yeah. you're going to do this, mm-hmm. and we're gonna be there. And we're going to support you. And even if it doesn't go well, we'll try again. Um, and but but back to um, what you had ref- mentioned about waiting to share the, the diagnosis, we waited as well. I think I was really stuck on wanting to support um, both my son with ADHD and autism's needs, but not wanting to tack on a label um, that. They weren't ready, I felt, to fully understand. And so we've had we've had two touches. One was about that age nine and ten where we told them autism, ADHD, simplified terms. Your mind is wired differently. Um, you have sensitivities to things that your brother doesn't he has sensitivities to things that you don't and and helping them to navigate it in terms that they understood to me as recent as a year ago um we 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 have um we have support like we have therapists that we work with and and they gave us a great a Christian therapist that gave us a great video that we were able to watch with our son with ADHD and he it was a three hour video so it was like three sittings and it was so great to see all of it resonate and he was like that's me oh, yeah I deal with that but it was like so great that he was able to attach explanations high-level language to what he has walked with his entire life Mm -hmm. um and same with our son with autism we we use youtube videos for educational purposes like that (laughs) um so we found a a video on autism as well that's been helpful to him and and in helping him to relate and accept himself and and understand his wiring and and how different it
0: is So some final thoughts, final encouragement, final advice for the parents, but specifically around the lens of what does advocacy and resource look like for them? If you were to point parents in a direction, either to help to advocate for their children or resources that are are available or conversations Mm -hmm. to have, how would you encourage and just advise a parent who is maybe wading into this or has been in it and has felt lost and kind of stuck? How would you just encourage them?
3: That's a great question. I think that the first thing that I would do is, depending on the age of the child, is look up the resources in your local city, um, because those will really help you begin to kind of do the research and get some supports and respite, if you will, because it can be very heavy. Um, for you, especially when you are getting, like, a new diagnosis. Um, and if you have a local church, I would go to your pastors. I would ask your pastors to, to help you to pray, like, to, to, to walk with you. And maybe you'll have an awesome story like Pastor Corey and, uh, and, and the Bendix family about, like, their pastor coming alongside and just providing a space to make, you know, your child feel comfortable. So I would say that is a resource you should use. Uh, there's some autism uh, autism awareness and autism.org that is really helpful. And they new, have a new term now. I, I didn't hear it come out in our conversation, but like neurodivergent, trying mm-hmm. uh, to changing uh, the language a little bit. So um, there are things and there are also employment things, depending on where your child is in their, their journey um,
2: to help.
0: Yeah. That's really good. Thank you for that.
2: Um, One last thing too, we're talking about being an advocate. Um, But uh, one of the things that we've taught Nathaniel is to be his own advocate when he got to a certain age. And so he will go in class and say, I need this. I need this. This is what I um, so much so that we focus so much on with for Nathaniel that our other three they are, They weren't very good advocates for themselves. And we're like, wow, why is that? We really emphasized it so much for Nathaniel because we knew that he was going to need it. And then we're like, oh, we should teach our other kids to be advocates for themselves too. But um, I mean, all this resources yeah. that Jasmine mentioned, and, um, but then also once they get to a certain age, teaching them to be an advocate that's for themselves really is really yes. beneficial.
4: So yeah. empowering. Which in, in college, there's so many resources to support him uh, with where he's at. That's yeah.
2: great. That's
0: beautiful.
1: I have a couple of a couple of resources mm-hmm. that I, I love these two books. One is called Different Dream Parenting by Jolene Philo, And we can note this in the podcast yeah, notes, too. as well as The Life We Never Expected, Andrew and Rachel Wilson. I, um, I think these books were great for me. I think sometimes as parents, we forget that we need care and we need support and we need to not ignore our feelings, but process them and bring them to the Lord. Because he's our great comforter, Good, so Amen. don't forget to do that, families. Um, there's resources, and we're all here too. Yes. Yes. So
0: indeed, yep.
2: come see us. Yes. And, finding yes. Someone, yes. Oh, and finding someone, and finding someone. Anika and I, we have chatted so right. much about mm-hmm. and compared. Like, how did you? What did you? Right. How did, finding another yeah. parent, another yeah. mom, or another dad who have walked this or are walking this mm-hmm. and learning from them has also been really. Yes. And, and I, I
4: think too, I, the being working to be patient with your kid's journey and faith mm-hmm. too. um, for 18 years, we felt, we didn't know where things were going. Mm-hmm. And for Nathaniel to go off to college and within six months it was like the skies opened wow. and, um, he heard Jesus in a fresh way. Mm-hmm. Um, he heard his voice love began to read the Bible in ways that we had never seen before started tithing. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and, and w- ironically enough, he came, he rededicated his life on September 7th last year, which um, I gave my life to Jesus September 7th, mm. 20 wow. years before. Wow. So um, just just a, a, a testament of, of God's faithfulness, that he sees yes. your tears and your prayers, he hears them. Yeah. And as much as you feel like you have come to the end, There is a faithful God who's gonna who's who's got who's got a firm grasp on your kids.
0: It's beautiful. You know, I love these conversations because, um, you know, discouragement always comes through isolation. You're the only one. It's the only problem. There's no resources to help you. There's no people to help you. You have to figure out all by yourself. And I just feel so blessed and encouraged by this community in this space. Man, there's so many families who have gone, are going through, are living it, have figured some things out, are struggling in others. But when we lean on each other, there's such beauty and strength and grace that comes in that space. So thank you all seriously for sharing your stories. Thank your children for letting us share their stories. Um, They are truly a testimony to a lot of people that I believe are finding encouragement and hope and a place and just a sure footing to go like, I feel like I can hear the exhale from some people just going like, Oh, okay. Okay. Like we can do this. We're not alone. There's a way forward. There's hope on the other side. And so, so thank you for, for that. Thank you for the way you've loved your children. You've ministered to them. You've pastored them, cried out to God. You've stood on the word and we're seeing the results of it now. And uh, that's a beautiful testimony, not just of God's faithfulness, but, but yours. So Thank you all. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in. We love you guys as well. If this was encouraging to you or you know a family that would really benefit from hearing just the wisdom imparted by these fine folks, share this with them, send it around, whoever needs it. Our hope is just to be a resource. You know, we have always said you can't do life alone. You can't do marriage alone. You certainly cannot raise children all by yourself. It is far too difficult (laughs) Uh, and God has designed us to be in community, to hold each other up on one another so let's be that for one another this is another episode of grace parents podcast we'll see you see you next time